Hi. Hey. Thanks for checking back in. We're still... A piece of garbage. Um, did we... I know this is a weird way to start off the podcast, but um, did we ever talk about um, Ryan Adams being a piece of shit? Who's that? Uh, the musician who was married to Mandy Moore, who just got accused of all the sexual misconduct. No, we didn't talk about that. Oh, well, fuck you, Ryan Adams. Um, he... Wait, I do feel like I, I read that. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Sorry. I was just, I read an article today because Jenny Lewis, um, one of my favorite musicians, she's part of Rilo Kylie, released her album today and she actually worked on it with him before all these accusations came out. Who's accusing him of that? Uh, Mandy Moore said he was manipulative and mean. Phoebe Bridgers, who's a musician, um, part of Boy Genius, she accused him. Um, Liz Fair worked with him and accused him. Um... Yeah, so it's a bunch of women coming out. I don't, and then he was texting like a fourteen-year-old girl, like sexting her. Ew. Yeah, he's yeah. Fuck that. Now that's what I call fucking no. That's what I call canceling men. Do you see what's on the television, by the way? Shrek, I know. Is it Shrek one? It's Shrek one. Yeah, it is. It's it's Shrek. It's Shrek. It's Shrek. So I don't know if you all liked our format of um, going back and forth with the research, but we just posted our episode today, so we haven't heard any feedback yet, but we're <laughs> going to do it again. So if you don't like it, let us know yeah. before we record our next episode. But I personally like it. I because do too. It makes the research a lot easier. And honestly, I feel like when I have to research like 20 or 21 songs, mm-hmm. like towards the end, I'm just like, I don't even care. Yeah. I'm just like minimal, like yeah. what, but, but now I felt like I actually kind of mm-hmm. went in depth on a lot mm-hmm. of these songs because it took me like a quarter of the time. Yeah. So we're doing Now That's What I Call Music 33, which was released on March 23rd, 2010, which is tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh, shit. So it's <laughs> nine years ago, yeah. basically. Um, there are two number ones. And interestingly enough, the last five songs are considered What's Next New Music Preview bonus tracks. Yeah. And they're fucking weird-ass songs. Okay, well, one of them is good. Yes. But they're weird-ass songs that no one's heard of, but there's still no Jonas Brothers on yeah, any. I'm fucking pissed that you're going to put these random-ass people that no one's ever heard of on here. What if we get um, <laughs> Feel It Still before a Jonas Brothers song? I- I'm sure we will. <laughs> Like, I'm, I'm livid. Yeah. Like, even just thinking about some of the... Like, there, there's a song on here, and I'll point it out. Mm-hmm. Like, why did, did this deserve to be yeah. on? Um, in its first week of release, it sold 135,000 copies to debut at number three on the Billboard Hot 200 Albums chart. Sick. So tonight, Will has taken odds, and I've taken evens. So we're going to get started. Maybe next week, Steph will do all prime numbers. I'll do all non-prime numbers. I don't even know what that means, so I'm going to say no. Okay. I think we'll just switch back and forth. Great. Wake up in the morning feeling like pizza. Hey, what up, girl? Grab my glasses, I'm out the door. I'm going to hit this city before I leave. Brush my teeth with the bottle. That was TikTok stylized as TikTok. I don't get it. Because <laughs> the way it's the way it's written, it's like uppercase T, lowercase I, uppercase K. Uh, anyway, by Kesha. Um, this is when Kesha was a dollar sign, not regular. Wait, she's still she's not a dollar no, sign anymore. No, she changed after the Dr. Luke stuff. Oh. So this is the lead single from her first debut album, Animal. <laughs> um, this is our first Kesha song. Oh yeah. Yeah. What a way to kick off. I feel like every compilation album that has TikTok on it is like, like has to start with, with, it has to start with this song. Like it's just a way to start an album. 
Yeah. <laughs> what? Nothing. Agreed. <laughs> um, so the song may um, be well known for its lyrics. Uh, the first lyric, wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. And then uh, looking like Mick Jagger. Um, the song uh, uh, goes... Oh, my God. Let me just start over. Uh, the experience triggered... Um, no, I just lost my place. I'm sorry. Um, according to Kesha, the song's lyrics are representative of her and based on her own life. Uh, the song has a carefree message and talks about not letting anyone bring you down. Um, it was a super, super commercial success. Um, it broke the record for a single week sum of all time by a female artist selling 610,000 digital downloads in one week. It was eventually certified uh, eight times platinum in America. And it's one of the best-selling singles of all time, selling 18 million copies. And it's actually the fifth best-selling single in digital history. Wow. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, so RCA uh, Jive Label Records said that the marketing scheme of promoting the song was similar to that of Britney Spears' debut single. Um, they were giving away the song for free on MySpace. And then once the song had... Um, a wave of success it started uh relying heavily on radio airplay nice yeah let's talk about well first of all what does she mean by wake up in the morning feeling like p diddy like what does p diddy feel like in the morning um well according to her she woke up one day surrounded by beautiful women and she imagined that p diddy would event uh, always does that Okay. <laughs> I would imagine that a lot of people do that. Yeah. A lot of rappers. Also, I feel like we should probably talk about TikTok, the app. The app? Have you ever used it? Uh, yeah, I have. I love TikTok because I love watching people make really cringy, uncomfortable videos. It's like an addiction of mine. And I was like obsessed with Vine. And not that TikTok's like anything mm-hmm. as good as Vine, but it, there are some good ones on yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Every now and then. Yeah. Did I interrupt you? No. Um, so this is one of the songs that went number one. Um, it was named the Hot 100 Song of the Year and was the seventh most sit, uh, played song on radio that year, which is really rad. Um, I remember when it used to play on Z100 when it first came out in the first chorus. Um, the lyrics were changed. It was Don't Stop, Make It Pop, DJ Turn That Speaker Up to New York City, Make It Pop. was Bad Romance by Lady Gaga from her third extended play of The Fame Monster. It was written by Red One and herself. Lyrically, it explores her attraction to individuals with whom romance never works and her preference for lonely relationships and the paranoia she experienced while on tour. So basically, um, never mind, sorry. My brother drags me away. Um, Basically, there was, like, an illegal demo leak. I, I don't know of the album or of the song, mm-hmm. but following that, she um, showcased the final product of this song at Alexander McQueen's show at Passion Paris, Paris Fashion Week in October of 2009, um, like, right after the um, cover art came out for mm-hmm. the single. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. 
Um, musically, it features a spoken bridge, a full-throated chorus. That was literally gunshots. Did you hear that? Yeah. It sounded like ice dropping in a yeah. bridge, but I don't have that. Musically, it features a spoken bridge, a full-throated chorus, and sung lyrics about being in love with one's best friend. I can relate to that because I'm in love with you. Um, it was dubbed German-esque house and techno as well as influences from the 80s and 90s. And there are a few lines in French. Yeah, her music influence on the Fame Monster is so cool. Like, she draws from, like, from like Swedish pop and, like, ABBA and Ace of Bass. It's so cool what she did yeah. with the Fame Monster. Most critics praised the song, calling it one of the highlights of the album. It was included on many of, like, the best of lists, like Rolling Stone and Pitchfork. Mm -hmm. Um, It won two Grammys for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance and Best Short Form Music Video. So it peaked at number two. I was really shocked that it didn't go number one. I guess something was blocking it. Yeah, this... Because, like, I was very shocked that this didn't go number one. It probably hit... It was probably um, TikTok that was blocking it, I feel like. Maybe. But still, I don't know. I mean, this was certified 11 times platinum, having sold over 5.0 dig- mil- wait, 5 million digital copies as of February of this year. Mm-hmm. It topped the charts in more than t- 20 countries and has sold 12 million copies worldwide, becoming one of the best-selling singles. Nice. Um, so, I guess TikTok was also. We have to talk about the music video. Um, basically, she's like kidnapped by a group of supermodels who like drug her and sell her to the Russian mafia for yeah. like sex slavery and then then she like prevails and it was obviously like a very talked about music video. Yes, it was one of I think it's one of the greatest modern music videos of all time. Yeah, it was voted best video of the 2000s by Billboard. Um did you knew that's literally what you just said? Yeah. <laughs> um, at the 2010 VMAs, it was nominated for 10 awards where she won seven, including video of the year. That's the night of the meat dress. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. She, when she won. But uh, was that the same night as Taylor Swift? No. Oh, right. Cause this was 2010 yeah. and that was 2009. Yeah. Okay. She, that was the night where, um, she wore that red. Remember when Nina wore on drag race when she won the first challenge? Yeah. yeah she yeah. wore that when she accepted the video of the year award for bad romance. She's, she's saying born this way for the first time. She's like, this is what I'm working on. She's saying the, the first chorus of born this way. But born this way is not on this album. No. She was like working on born this way when she won this. Yeah. I don't know. I just was like very surprised that this didn't go number one. I know. Like, especially with all that. I know. This is, like, definitely, like, top five of her best songs. I know. I love this yeah. song. I feel like this... Like, I feel like she was, like, almost, like, instantly a star. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this is the song that really, like, catapulted oh, her cemented into... her. Her place, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. like, who she was as an artist. Because mm-hmm. it's, like, you look back at Just Dance, and although it wasn't that long ago, mm-hmm. it was very, like, fitting into the mold yes. of music. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with this album, she started to kind of be like, this is who I am. Yeah. And then since then, she's just been yeah. like, I don't give a fuck. This is oh, who yeah. I am. Like, as good as the fame is, um, if you were to tell me that some random person released Just Dance, I'd be like, okay. Yeah. But when you say bad romance, like, that's fucking Lady Gaga. Yeah. There's no other way around it. Like, this is when she became, like, Lady Gaga. So it's funny because before Stars Born came out, mm-hmm. I didn't fully realize, like, what it was about or, like, Kind of that it was like a retelling. Yeah. Re- like I, I can't describe what I mm-hmm. thought, but I like heard shallow yeah. before I saw 
the movie. And I said to Tim, I'm like, it's just so unrealistic because, like, nobody in the world sounds like her. Yeah. Like, I thought, like, I don't know, in my head, it just seemed like she was supposed to be, like... I don't know. I can't explain what I thought. No, I know you're sounding but like it. Yeah, but even, even yeah. though, like, even even after seeing yeah. it, it's like she's, like, this little, like, shy, like, nobody fucking sounds like Lady Gaga. No. Like, she's, she's just She's literally the best. Yeah, she's awesome. Now that's what I call Lady Gaga fan club. <laughs> now that it's called Little Monsters. That was Hard by Rihanna from her fourth studio album, Rated R. Um, and it also features a guest verse from rapper Young Jeezy. Um, so the artist co-wrote the song with the producers The Dream and Tricky Stort. And it is a hip-hop song with military horns, hissing synthesizers, sharp beats, and piano chords. So the song was really successful in America. It hit the top ten on the Billboard Hot 100, um, and she matched Beyonce as the female artist with the most U.S. top 10 songs since 2000. Wow. Yeah. It was um, certified platinum, and the music video was directed by Melina Matsukas, and the video has a military-style-themed video. And it was originally... um, I'll take that out. Uh, So Rihanna decided to record the song because it was different from her normal creative output. Um, in an interview, uh, she said that the song was edgy and a club banger, and that it's different, and she was taking a step in a whole different direction. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. Well, we haven't had a Rihanna song in a while, so... Yeah, this is the first one we had from Rated R. This is when she... Because this is the only time she's ever taken, like, a real break. Like, normally she would release an album a year. Between Rated R and the one she released prior is two years. This is when the whole Chris Brown thing happened. Oh. Yeah, this was, like, her, like, comeback album after that whole thing happened. So it's been a while now, though, since she's released Yeah, Anti came out in 2016, so it's been three years. Wow. Yeah. Because she's too busy making lingerie and makeup. Yeah, I know. Which, whatever. Yeah. They're nice, but... Yeah, I want music. Yeah. Song. That was In My Head by Jason Derulo. He's back. So, first of all, I like totally forgot. Well, I don't think I ever had an opinion on Jason Derulo, yeah. but now I love him. <laughs> like, listening to all yeah. his older songs again, I'm like, damn, he was really good. I, we didn't appreciate him while he was in his prime. So, this is the second single from his self titled debut studio album. It was released in December of 2009. It topped the charts in Australia, Poland, and the UK, and peaked within the top 10 of the charts in several other countries. Poland, huh? Yeah, Poland. Inter- interesting. Yeah. I wonder if Phil likes this song. Probably. So apparently there's an official remix with Nicki Minaj. Like, I don't think I've ever heard it. I didn't even, yeah. That like, I didn't know about it. That sounds like a, like a cursed image, you know? Like, when you look at something that, that sh- shouldn't be. She, but she was just getting her start now. Yeah. So, like, it would almost make sense. Like, because he's getting his start. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway. Um, he performed it on the ninth season of American Idol. 
He chose this to be the second single of the album to show the other side of his debut album because he feels like this has more of like a heavier rock sound mm-hmm. than What You Say and that the album kind of has both sides of like R&B type music and then this like what he considers to be heavier rock. Um, the song was originally titled In My Bed, but they changed it at the last minute. Um, also, Mayday Parade covered this for Punk Goes Pop. Now that I'm thinking about the lyrics, in my bed, I see you all over yeah. me. In my bed, you fulfill my fantasy. I mean, it makes, In my bed, you'll be screaming my name. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense both ways. Yeah. So it's not like a terrible change. Yeah. But I have something to say to what Jason Drill because I know he's listening right now. In the beginning, it says, everyone's looking for love. Ain't oh. that the reason you at this club? No. It's not. Mm. I'm at the club because I'm hanging out with my friends and I'd like to drink vodka clubs. There's absolutely no other reason for me to be here but for that. So yeah. leave me the fuck alone. Do not just assume that every single person in a club is looking for love. Who the fuck is looking for love, number one? Yeah, I feel I like if you're in the club and you're looking for anything, you're just looking for some poo-tang. Like, yeah. you're not looking for long-term marriage. I love that you made that seem like you only go to clubs just to get vodka clubs. <laughs> like, you're like, oh, this is my place. And you just stay at the bar all day, just having a meal while a club is raging on. I never go to clubs, so I don't know I what know. I'm talking about. But if I did, it would not be to look for love so but but if i see you out jason i feel more than welcome to come up and say hi i mean i'm not gonna say no (laughs) buy her a drink buy me a vodka club (laughs) remember when i didn't like clubs clubs yeah remember when you drank vodka creme oh my god when i first turned 21 that's all i drank was Mm -hmm. vodka cranberries and i would have the worst hangovers because fucking cranberry juice is loaded with sugar then i went to vodka ginger ales which i still really like but also a lot of sugar. Yeah. And then I just forced myself to like club soda. Mm-hmm. So. G mix for kings only. Biatch. Rider Vogue now. G mix. That was I Wanna Rock by Snoop Dogg from his album Malice in Wonderland. <laughs> fucking love Snoop Dogg. So I actually don't remember this song. Wait, what album of this was his? Do you know? It doesn't say. Oh, 10th. His 10th studio album. So this is his 10th studio album. So the song was produced by Scoop DeVille and uh, was mixed by Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. Um, so it was released in 2010 and uh, the lines right about now and I want to rock right now are sampled from uh, it takes two. I want to rock right now. Yeah. I want to. I want to rock right now. Um, but the main sample is "Space Dust" by Galactic Force Band, which is pretty but, cool. But but isn't what Jay Z is saying in the beginning? What, what what was he saying? Like I listened to the song yeah. today. That's like from a different song yeah. too. What he's saying. I don't remember this song. No, me neither. This is the song that I'm like, this is on now, 33, but the Jonas Brothers aren't. Yeah, I had no idea. I'll never let this die. Yeah. It's fine. You don't want to put Christina Aguilera until later? Fine. You don't want to put Usher? Fine. You don't want to put Maroon 5? We'll take it. But the Jonas Brothers? I know. But you put this song by Snoop Dogg that no one's ever heard. Well, I'm sure people have heard it, but... Well, I'll just be Snoop Dogg's most popular song. It's definitely not. I love Snoop. I hey, I love Snoop Dogg just as much as the next person. That doesn't mean this song deserves. Snoop Dogg. No, I know. The jo- I mean, were the Jonas Brothers not the biggest fucking thing in the world? Like, no, they were. To me, they were. I think they. So I were. think I have a warped perception yeah. of how big they actually were. 
because they were like my life. But like, were they big? Like, I don't think they were as big as One Direction. Yeah. But like, were they really not big enough to make it onto a Now CD? Like, I, I'm just perplexed. Oh, she's fine. Good. I'm glad about that. That was Bedrock by Young Money. Talk about a murderer's row. For real. This is like the best song of our generation. This literally is the We Are the World of the 2010s. Even though the 2010s had a We Are the World. (laughs) Which I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it. I would like to see it. (laughs) It happened around this time when Michael Jackson died. Yeah. So this is the second single from their debut collab album, We Are Young Money. The artists in this are Lil Wayne, Gutta Gutta, Nicki Minaj, Drake, Tyga, J Mills, and Lloyd is singing the, the hook. hook. Um, so it was originally leaked on Lil Wayne's fan site, and it was originally titled Bedrock slash Girl You Know, and the chorus was sung by Omarion. Wow. Um, but then Omarion left Young Money, and it was replaced by Lloyd. And in that original version, Lil Wayne's verse was a little bit different, too. So... Um, Drake interpolates Are You That Somebody by Aaliyah when he says, girl, I gotta watch my back because I'm not just anybody. Oh, yeah, that's somebody. Yeah. Tell me that's somebody. I never made that connection. Yeah. I just thought he was saying. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because back then, well, I was going to say back then he really was just somebody, but realistically, no, because he was on Degrassi. Yeah. So I guess he was like always famous. Um, in August of 2011, Dundeal Enterprises filed a copyright infringement lawsuit against Lil Wayne, Cash Money, Young Money, and Universal over the song. Blue Marley from Dundeal claims that he wrote Bad Rock with the same name and various other parts of the tracks months before Young Money's version. Oh, wow. So, interesting. Don't know what came of that, but, um... I, this song just like literally like catapults me right back to high school. Like the first time I heard the song was at your New Year's Eve party on Willow. I just remember like everyone thinking it was so funny that Nicki Minaj's "Pussy on Your Put This Pussy on, on Your Sideburns," side and like seriously, like though this was bad. This is like about to be the start of her, yeah. which is really exciting. Yeah. Um, and Drake, obviously, yeah. I know we talked about him on the last episode. Oh, gotta gotta. We oh, I love gotta gotta. <laughs> um, we also talked about the and I gotta. Grocery, grocery bag. bag. Just, I think it's so funny. Like, th- I'm sorry, but call me Mr. Flintstone. I can make your, yeah. your bedrock. It's just so funny to I me. know. Like, like, clever. Clever. Who came up with it? Fucking Blue Marley from Dundee Enterprises. <laughs> Lloyd? <laughs> Lloyd. Yeah, whatever happened to Lloyd? I don't know. Who had your favorite verse on this one? Um, either Nikki or Drake. Yeah, same. Yeah. That was Do You Remember by Jay Sean featuring Sean Paul and Little John from his album All or Nothing. There's nothing better. Little John. Little John. There's nothing better than an intro where everyone just says their name over and over. Can you say Lil? Lil. Because you never do. I don't know, Lil? You always say, like, Lil Wayne, Lil John. That's what their names are. No, it's L-I-L, Lil. Yeah, Lil. But you're saying Little. Little. Yeah, Little and Lil are two different things. Little. Lil. Lil Wayne. Lil. 
Little Wayne. They're two different words. Like little and Lil are, are just two. Different. Well, I can say Lil Deville from Rugrats. Right. I can't say Little Wayne. But what? But like Lil Deville from Rugrats is probably spelled L-I-L also. Yes, so but that's a name. Little Wayne is not a name. Lil Little 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 Wayne. Go ahead. Little John. Um, anyway, I love a good intro. Um, so. The song was produced by Jay Remy and Bobby Bass, and it was his second single to enter the Billboard Hot 100, and it made him the first male act since Chingy to appear twice in the Billboard Hot 100, um, top 10 with his first two uh, debut singles. I miss Chingy. I miss Chingy, too. Um, So the song ended up peaking at number 10, and the music video was shot in New York City, and it featured uh, DJ Paula, 3-6 Mafia, Tyga, Birdman, and Kevin Rudolph. He's like, back. He's back. I like this song. I was, like, listening to the song, yeah. and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I totally forgot about it, number mm-hmm. one. But I was like, this is, like, a really sweet song. And then it's like, you just hear Lil Jon screaming. Yeah. Bring it back! Like, literally, he's just like... Let's bring it back! Sing it, Jay! Like, he's... Li- <laughs> and I'm like, chill the fuck out. I mean, it's like a cute song. Yeah. And then Lil Jon's just screaming, like, bring it back! <laughs> so aggressively. And I'm like, who hurt you? <laughs> That was Replay by Ayaz. Could you imagine the lyric, um, my iPod stuck on replay sounding old? I never thought that would ever happen. <laughs> First of all, I thought this song came out so long ago. Yeah. Like, I did not realize. I thought this song came out, like, well, I guess the Sean Kingston songs weren't that long ago, but I feel like I just clumped them all together. Yeah. So this was the debut single. He's a British Virgin Island recording artist, Ayaz. Um, it's the first single released from his debut album of the same name. It entered at the top of the UK singles chart where it remained for three weeks until it was overtaken by Fireflies by Owl City. Would not believe your eyes. Internationally, the single also topped the charts in Australia, Israel, Switzerland, and it peaked within the top 10 of many countries, including Finland, France, and the US. So Beluga Heights, which you heard also in the Jason Derulo song, um... They're all on the same... That's the label. It's um, Ayaz, Sean Kingston, Jason Derulo. They're all part of that label, and they all co-wrote the song together along with J.R. Rodham. So you're telling me that this is the Bohemian Rhapsody of our generation. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, the official remix features Flo Rida. I, like, I always liked this song. Yeah, it's very just like, you know, here's a song for you. Cute, fun. Leave it on when I'm in the car driving. You don't hear too many of those British Virgin Island recording artists anymore, do you? No, you don't. JR. John Kingston. That was Fireflies by Owl City from his album Ocean Eyes. Um, so Reliant K vocalist Matt Theason is featured as a guest vocalist on the song, and the sole member of Owl City, Adam Young, described it as a little song about bugs and not being able to fall asleep at night. 
I, I literally, like, literally, what type of grown man would sit down and write, I get a thousand hugs from 10,000 lightning bugs? Like, what the fuck type of drug is that motherfucker on? Trazodome. Where, and where can I get some? Um, Give me a double dose. So, the first time I heard the song, I had it as a free download from Starbucks. Um, and I literally still have it in my account and I had the song on my phone because it's in my account for free. And then all of a sudden it became like the biggest song in the world and it hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Yeah. Yeah. Bad Romance Yeah, Bad Romance did it. But this did. But this song did. Um, the song also topped the charts in Australia, Belgium, Denmark, Finland, Netherlands, Norway, Ireland, Sweden, and the United Kingdom. Um, it was his only top 40 hit in the United States until three years. It's when, one person? Yeah. And t- <laughs> Yikes. Until three years later when his single Good Time with Carly Rae Jepsen hit Oh, great. God, I hate that song. <laughs> you know, it's him. It's him. It's not her. It's yeah. really just... This song is fucking horrible. And, and when I hear it, I want to die. <laughs> but now it's like a meme. Have you seen it? Like, yeah, well, it'll I was start gonna... off and then it'll, and then it'll be like... Yeah. Really loud. Yeah. That's funny to me. But. Well, I have written down in May 2017, the song was revitalized as an internet meme involving the song being played in an extremely loud volume yeah, yeah. or being remixed to fit a certain theme. Another variant of the meme involved writing a pun for the line, you would not believe your eyes of 10 million fireflies. The song received notability in June when Owl City was asked to interpret the lyric, I get a thousand hugs from 10,000 lightning uh, bugs. <laughs> wait, it's also, there's also a funny meme of it where it's just like, you would not believe your eyes. You would not believe, believe your, your eyes. eyes. You, you would, would not believe <laughs> your eyes. <laughs> um, a funny little ditty I saw was that this song hit number 44 on the U.S. Christian Hot 100. <laughs> That was Hey Soul Sister by Train. Hey, hey, hey. The lead single from their fifth studio album, Save Me San Francisco. It hit number three on the Billboard Hot 100 and is their highest charting single to date. As of September in 2012, it had sold over 6 million copies in the U.S. It was the top selling song on the iTunes store in 2010. Jesus. And it's also their most commercially successful song to date. It was the second best, no, second overall best-selling single in the U.S. in 2010, which is crazy. And it reached number one in 16 countries. Jesus Christ. It's been certified six times platinum. And the live iTunes version of the song garnered a Grammy for them at the 53rd Grammys because the regular song was not eligible in the general field. So whenever, whenever we do the, like, the, well, the past two weeks at least that we've done this, I still, like, go on the other pages and, like, you know, skim through. And I noticed that. And it said that it was, I don't know. I don't know. It just said, like, it came out, it was not, it came but out, it, But it would be weird mm-hmm. to think that if it didn't fit the criteria of, like, the timing, mm-hmm. Like, well, why wouldn't it have just been nominated when it was? Exactly. Like, That's what I, was, I don't know. Yeah. I was just confused by it. Yeah. But maybe because it wasn't popular when it came out. I, I really guess. Don't know. I don't know. So there's, like, we've talked about in Cranford that there used to be, like, this big concert in, in Nomahegan Park, which is where we saw Everclear 
throwback to like 30 now yeah. ago. Um, but then like now, I don't know if it's still happening now, it's but not then that. like in one well, that like in Clark, they had, it's not, yeah, they got rid of it. They got um, too expensive according to the freeholders. So then they kind of had these big concerts in Clark and like Blondie played one year, um, and train played mm-hmm. and we saw that. Yeah. Um, can't say I would have gone out of my way to see them, mm-hmm. but, but I saw them. Yeah. I used to think the line untrimmed chest was so gross, like, which is really Me, You and Casey would make fun of it all the time. But it's not gross I because know. it's like a real man, a grown man, yeah. adult man is going to have hair on the chest. Yeah. Like, but the lead singer of train looks like, you know, a man. He didn't baby. need to say it. Yeah. He, that's like, what it you is. Know what? He didn't need to like, say it. I have no areolas. Do yes. I say it? No, I'm you do say it. I do say it. I love. I haven't talked about my aerials in so long. I know it's it been a while. It's been a while. Um, I will say. I don't know if this is problematic of me, but I love the lyrics. So gangster. I'm so thug. I hate I'm it. Of. That I is so love it. Thanks for I think reminding that is me. So cute. Thanks for reminding me that I wanted to talk about that. Like <laughs> what? So gangster. I'm so thug. You're the only one. What is it? Like, it's just like oh, it's cute. Is that problematic of me? Is that no, it's not problematic, but, like, how is that cute in any way, shape, or form? Yeah. Why are you saying that? Because it's cute. I don't know. So gangsta. I'm so thug. You're the only one. First of all, don't know. ever talk about your untrimmed chest hair and then call yourself a thug in the same sentence. <laughs> like, absolutely not. But, like, don't, don't call yourself a thug ever. No. If you're a thug, you don't need to say it. Yeah, true. You, that, like, am I cool? Yeah, I'm cool. Yeah. Well, you're not cool if you say you're cool. You're not a thug if you say you're a thug. True. Thug life. Um, this song used to make you want to learn to play the ukulele. You just said thug life, and it reminded me at my um, project graduation mm-hmm. when I was when I graduated high school, they were giving out henna tattoos. I'm going to find the picture. <laughs> they were giving out henna tattoos, and I got thug life tattooed on me, and then so did, my, so did this other guy in my grade. So we took a picture together because it was funny. Sorry, that was really stupid. But, <laughs> but the but the tat is sick. You yeah, gotta the see tat it. Is sick. You gotta see it. It's so thug. So that was Life After You by Daughtry released as the second single from their album Leave This Town. Um, so, <laughs> would you want? Are you ready to hear the most mom statement I've ever said in my entire life? <laughs> Chad Chris Daughtry wrote this song with Chad Kroger as Chris Daughtry was still on tour with Bon Jovi. <laughs> the three Chris Daughtry. All my favorites. Sick. I love that. I really That's love that. That's a sick tattoo. Chris, I like Chris Daughtry on tour with Bon Jovi wrote this song with Chad Kroger. This must have destroyed every housewife in the world when this came out. I love this song. And I do think it kind of reminds me of Nickelback. I didn't know that. Yeah. Of course, I didn't do the research on this song. So I didn't know he wrote it with Chad Kroger. But I mean, obviously, Daughtry just reminds me of Nickelback in general. But this song definitely has like a... Nickelbackly sound. Oh, Nickelbackly. Nickelbackly. So two versions of the song exist. There's an album version and a music video version. Um, And the music video version, the crowd is cheering along with them at the end. I just love um, when he says, All that I'm after is a life full of laughter. 
As long as I'm laughing with you. Oh, so I'm so gangster, I'm so thug isn't cute, but that is? That's so cute. How is that not cute? That's a cute line. Do you, who, who do you think wrote it? Uh, do you think Daughtry wrote that line, or do you think... I think Daughtry wrote that line. Or, or No, Chad Kroger is not very sensitive. He's more of like the... I'll give you the business. But Daughtry has a soft side. Look at this photograph. Every time I knew it made me laugh. <coughs> Daughtry's like... <coughs> <coughs> I'm so sorry. Daughtry's like the guy that's like in the frat. Like, let's pretend Daughtry's in a frat. Okay. He's like the guy that like pretends to be an asshole. Like, he has like a really hard mm-hmm. exterior. But then like deep down, he's like a sweetheart. And it's like... There's, like, a girl at the party that was just drugged, and, like, he's helping her to mm-hmm. safety because he's just such a sweetheart. But then, like, he would lie and tell his bros that he didn't help her, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But he did because he's just sweet. That bald head. Oh, I love a baldy. That was Live Like We're Dying by Chris Allen with a K. Oh, it looks like Anthony from, from Queer Let's Eye. See. No, he doesn't. He looks just like Anthony. So hello Eye. to our second American Idol guy in a row. This was written by Danny O'Donohue, Andrew Frampton, Mark Sheehan, and Steve Kipner. And it also appeared as a bonus track on the script self-titled album. And when I wrote that down, I was like, wait, is he from the script? Because they have, like, such a... Mm-hmm. Or not from, because I know he's from American Idol, but they have. I feel like they have a similar voice. But no, it was two separate things. So this was on his debut studio album. Um, and it's just better known as being performed by him. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it was originally by yeah, the script. because Danny O'Donoghue was the lead singer of the script. Oh, okay. Then there you go. There's your answer. Um... It was the lead single, and it received positive reviews. It peaked at number 18 in the U.S., and it charted on other U.S. charts, including the top 10 um, of the pop songs chart. So the music video takes place in a desert and features a countdown clock in conjunction with the song's meaning. So, like, people are, you know, running Mm -hmm. out of time um, to live. And it was received warmly, and according to critics, was an end to the low-budget storyline-centered debut music videos from previous American Idol alumni. So I just thought that was rude, but <laughs> but go off. I know we've talked about it before, but well, no, we've talked about what you would do on your last day. But I feel like "Live Like We're Dying" is almost like different. Yeah, because it it's just like you're just like living mm-hmm. in a different way where yeah. you don't necessarily know when you are gonna die. Yes. So. But it's so, you know, it's really hard to do that. It's hard to live mm-hmm. like you're dying, you know? Like, people are always like, oh, life's too short. Fuck it. Like, let's say I wanted to buy something and I was, like, hesitant on, like, spending the money on it. Well, life's too short. You could die tomorrow. Like, mm-hmm. you won't get to spend your money. Or I could not die tomorrow yeah. and I could have to pay my bills. Yeah. So, like, what, you know, how do you live like you're dying? Listen, you, you just can't. can't. You can't you live like you're You just can't. You just can't live like you're dying unless I'm, you're dying. You know then what? You live. But there are people that live like they're dying and I feel like those are the people that have absolutely no regard for their lives. Yeah. <laughs> And they think they're invincible. Yeah. That was What Do You Want From Me? From American Idol contestant Adam Lambert. We have Number third, three. Third in a row. In a row. In a row. How many more can there possibly be? Well, get ready. There's 14 more. 
There's okay. not. Okay. Um, so Adam Lambert was actually the runner-up to Chris Allen, who we just had. How the fuck did Chris Allen beat Adam Lambert? Like, I don't fucking like Adam Lambert, but come on. Really? Weird. Um, so it was released as the second single from his album, and it peaked at number 10 on the Billboard. Oh, I didn't know Chris Allen won. Yeah, Chris Allen won, and Adam Lambert came in second. You have to channel okay. me. What is the song that starts with, like, yeah, hello? Can you hear it? Oh! Oh, can you hear it? No. Oh my god, I, I just sounded exactly like it. Give me other content. It's a rap. I feel like it, I feel like it's a rap song. Give it to me, baby. No, no, it's recent. Oh, hello. <laughs> I can't explain it. Oh my god, it's gonna kill me. Okay, whatever. Just keep going. Is it Adele? No. It's like a weird voice, and then it goes into the song. So the song was it? Slop Amada. Is it Plain Jane? The song was written by Pink, Max Martin, and Shellback, and was recorded for Pink's album, The Fun House. Pink? Yeah. <laughs> who, who started talking about Pink? <laughs> this is what you want from me. Oh. <laughs> As, <I'm saying. laughs> As I was saying, Pink wrote this song for her album, The Fun House, but it didn't make the album, so she gave it to Adam Lambert. Um, but Pink included this, her cover of it on her, um, Greatest Hits album. And and it actually got, uh, Adam Lambert a Grammy nomination for her best male pop vocal performance. Didn't see Chris Allen catching a Grammy nom. No. My favorite part of this song, (laughs) or my favorite thing about this song, is that it's spelled, how it's spelled, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? Like, it's literally spelled, what do you, like, W-H-A-T-A-Y-A. Like, the song could have simply just been called What Do You Want From Me? But no, it's called What Do You Want From Me? What Do You Want From Me? That's how I feel to you. Like, seriously, what do you want from me? What more could I possibly be giving to you? <laughs> All right, so, like, the best song ever written, known to man, is about to play. So I fully agree with you. Just stop No, like, I fully agree with you. I'm not even exaggerating. That was According to You by Orianthi? Yeah. Orianthi? Orianthi. It was a debut single by Australian guitarist. Orianthi. Orianthi. <laughs> from her second studio album, Believe, written by Andrew Franton and Steve Diamond, and produced by Howard Benson. As it quickly gained popularity, the song was sent to mainstream radio in the U.S. and Canada in November of 2009, later making an impact at the rhythmic and adult contemporary formats. It was a commercial success, reaching the top 10 in Australia and the top 20 in the U.S. It was certified platinum in both. It was a radio hit. It reached number three on the Billboard Pop Songs chart. So that's pretty high. And the song was also made available as downloadable content for rock band series, and as a playable song on Guitar Hero Live. I'm going to go on a limb here and say Orianthi is a better guitar player than Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> Sometimes you say things that I know are supposed to be funny, and I know that was supposed to be funny, but I just don't think it's funny. Um, is that how you feel about me? Um, I'm useless, I'm stupid, I can't do anything right? No, but this song makes me feel like I have a shitty, abusive boyfriend, and then I'm like moving on to... like. But according to him... Like it just, I feel it pumping through my veins, and yeah. I'm just like, according to him... I thought I hit bang my head. I'm perfect. I'm stupid. I can't 
I never had like an ex. Like I can't even like relate it. Like I never had. I, nobody's ever thought ill things of me, so it's hard to. Ill things. You. <laughs> me. Um. You know that she got her start as Michael Jackson's guitarist. Sick, bro. On the This Is Us tour. This is it tour. Well, this is it because then he died after that. He so. did. Time to go the fuck home. That was Need You Now by Lady Goddamn Motherfucking Antebellum. Wait, can I just say that I had, real quick, I had no idea that your dad was home and I like chased you up the yeah, stairs and the door's like, fuck! And he's like, hey, and I, I, had, I didn't see him sitting there and I was running around like a buffoon. <laughs> okay, keep going. Um, so the band. The band co-wrote the song with Josh Keir and produced it with Josh Worley, and it serves as the lead single off their second studio album, which is titled Need You Now. Um, it won four Grammy Awards for Song of the Year, Record of the Year, Country Performance, and <laughs> Country Song, and it was the first country song to win Record and Song of the Year since the Dixie Chicks won it in 2006 for Not Ready to Make Nice, a.k.a. my favorite song of all time. Wow. I didn't realize this song garnered so much attention yeah the song spent five weeks at number one on the billboard hot country songs chart and it crossed over onto various pop and adult contemporary music charts and it became a top five hit in canada ireland new zealand netherlands and norway and it won the single of the year and song of the year at the country music awards and it hit number two on the billboard hot 100 and it was the highest charting country song by any country band since lone stars amazed uh, hit number one. Um, the song became a record seller and is certified sextuplet platinum. Oh my god, what does that mean? Something like seven times, six times? Why wouldn't it just say six times though? I have no maybe idea. Maybe it's 16. I guess, maybe. But, but why would it not just go on to the next thing? Like, why would it be 16 times platinum? Why wouldn't it? I thought it ends at 10. Then it's probably not 16, then it's probably 6 or 7. Um, so the song received really positive reviews from uh, critics. Uh, Jim Malik of the 9513, which is a country reviewing website, gave the song a thumbs up and said that Charles Kelly, who's the lead male singer, um, says that his stuffy, dark tone fits perfectly with Hillary Scott's voice um, and that singers use their rawness to make the song feel real. Um, so yeah, I, I, this is like, like the song. So why was this a joke between us? Because one day I was at, um, for no reason, basically, I was just at salad works with you while you were closing and the song came on the radio and then we just thought it was funny. Yeah. I just like always remember it being a joke between us, but like I couldn't remember why. No, it just, we, I was just at salad works with you and then we just thought the song was funny. Another shout of whiskey. It is funny. It's sad, but it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sad, but it's good. It's sad, but it's good. It's sad, but it's good. What are you gonna do? That was a short little clip. Ten seconds. 
They're all 10 seconds. You're afraid to get sued by Miss Swift? Because she will be the one. <laughs> if anybody's going to sue her. Oh, she will be the one. Yes, Paul. <laughs> that was Fearless by T-Swift. Woo! Second week in a row, I get to talk about the Taylor Swift song. So it was co-written by herself in collab with Liz Rose and Hillary Lindsay. It was produced by Nathan Chapman and also Taylor Helped. Um, it helped. Was the, she um, had the brunt of the work, baby. Helped produce. Yeah. Okay. It was the fifth and final single from her second studio album of the same name. She composed the song while traveling on tour to promote her debut album, Taylor Swift. She wrote Fearless in regard to the fearlessness of falling in love and eventually titled her second album after the song. Musically, it contains qualities commonly found in country pop music, and lyrically, it's about a perfect first date. It received acclaim from many contemporary critics... Um, who complimented it for appealing to different age groups. In the U.S., it debuted at number nine on the Billboard Hot 100, and it's certified platinum. It was the first single to ever be certified gold before the official release as a single. That's sick. Footage from her The Fearless Tour were used to comprise the music video, like on and off stage. So basically, while she was writing the song, she wasn't dating anyone or even like in the beginning stages of dating anyone. She wrote the song after she analyzed the ideology of ideology, ideology, ideology of what was the best first date. While developing the song, she explained the writing process, stating, I think sometimes when you're writing love songs, you don't write them about what you're actually going through at the moment. You write them about what you wish you had. So... That's why my debut studio album is called Pizza. (laughs) The song was composed with two concepts in mind. The primary being about the fearlessness of falling in love. And no matter how many times you get hurt, you will always fall in love again. The second is about the best first date, which she had yet to experience. To her, fearless doesn't mean you're completely unafraid. And it doesn't have to mean that you're bulletproof. It means that you have a lot of fears, but you jump anyway. And that's how I feel about myself. Because I feel like I have a lot of anxiety about everything, but mm-hmm. my anxiety doesn't necessarily stop me from doing things. Yeah. Like, I just deal with it and act like a panicked fool the entire time. But I still do it. Yeah. So, what what would be a perfect first date to you? Uh, getting murdered. Answer the question. I don't I know. I, don't, I really don't know. I don't have a... I don't really have a... I don't know. I don't really have anything. Must be really windy. Like, well, what, what's our first well, date? Well, Tim was like, what was our first date? And I was like, we were like 18 years old. Like, he came to my house after work. Like, that was like the first time we hung out. Like, I don't even know if we went on a date. I mean, I know eventually we obviously went on the date. Yeah. But I don't remember what our first date was. Maybe it was to the movies when you saw sad. the Muppets movie. No, I feel like we were already like fully dating mm-hmm. at that point. I don't know. My, my perfect first date... Well... I don't want to say a perfect first date because, like, I wouldn't be going on a yeah. first date. Just take me to eat, like, lots and lots of pasta and then, like, wheel me home in, like, a wheelchair and just leave me alone. Mm-hmm. In a wheelchair. <laughs> that's right, because I can't walk after all the pasta I've That's, that's uh, my date. Taylor played this when I saw her at the Reputation Tour on the second day when it was torrentially downpouring. Oh, yeah. And I think she's decided to play it because in a storm, in my best dress, Fearless. Probably. Yeah. And then she sang clean. Cute. I got two of my favorite songs in one night. I got Welcome to New York, <laughs> the song I didn't want to hear. 
And that's my own dang fault for going to the first night of MetLife. Yeah. Now we know. For yeah. next time, we won't go to the we'll, first night. We'll go to the second night. Or we'll do both. Okay. Well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to afford that because when the Jonas Brothers go back sure. on tour, I'm putting all my money into that. Yeah. So I'll go to one Taylor Swift night. Yeah. But I'm going paying all my money to see the Jonas Brothers up close and personal. Hell yeah, baby. Um, so is this when we move on to our up-and-comers? Yeah, so, unfortunately. Okay. We should just play, we should honestly just play all Jonas Brothers songs and just talk about them for the rest of the album. Okay, let's do it. That was Heart of Gold by Ashlyn Huff. The only thing I know about Ashlyn Huff is that she's the daughter of Dan Huff, who worked with Taylor Swift on a couple songs. And always got to bring it back to Mama, don't you? And yeah, and that's uh, that's about it. I gotta say, because I there was no information on this song. Well, what do you think about it? Um, it just sounds like every run of the mill indie electronic pop song of the early two thousand and tens. Um, it sounds like... It, it could, sounds like something in the beginning, but I can't think of what it is. Like, the music. Um, it's black and gold. Black and gold. No. Um, it's, what I think of. That's, it's, it sounds like... Um, I can't... It'll come to me. The Metric song. It sounds like Metric. It sounds like... Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. Muse? Muse. Oh, yeah. They will not control us. Yeah. That was Wheels by Jamie Cullum. It's he is an English crossover jazz singer-songwriter, and this is from his fourth studio album, The Pursuit. So he was like driving along one day and thought of the line, the wheels are falling off the world. He wrote it down and didn't do anything with it. And then um, a friend of his brought his four-year-old son over who was learning piano, and he started playing, like, that sound that you hear in the song, and it inspired him to write this song. He said it was about the clarity you get when you're drunk and out on the town. It's about trying to get back when you're sober, which I get that. Yeah. We've all been out on the town, had the wheels fall off. Right. Yeah, sometimes the wheels on the bus don't go round and round. So, I don't know if you actually listened to the song in its entirety, did you? No. Okay, so, like, you have to listen to it. Well, I'm just going to tell you, because I already tested Tim, and yeah. he agreed with me. I was, like, listening to it, and I was like, this voice, it's, he sounds like somebody. Not exactly, but he sounds like someone, so I played mm-hmm. it for Tim. And I was like, who does this sound like to you? He sounds like Harry Styles a little bit. Oh, interesting. Like, when it kind of gets into the song. Uh-huh. Like, obviously, you could tell it's not him, but yeah. it, you'll hear it once you hear it. <laughs> You'll hear it once you hear it. You hear it once you hear it. That was Fast Forward by Jayco. Um, There was literally no information on this song, no information on him, and the song was not on Apple Music, so... Don't know what to tell you. Wait, it's one person? Yeah. But I feel like that sounds familiar to me. Maybe I'm like, maybe I'm just thinking of Gene 
Aiko or oh Janae Jean Jean Aiko Jean Aiko but like Jaco or Jack I don't know it sounded familiar to me I don't know but I never heard it yeah no I I don't know where they found we these should songs. have played a Jonas Brothers song there we should have only played Jonas Brothers songs it's the very last song yeah because the last song is the best one yeah well on that note we'll just keep it rolling. That was Shake That Bubble by Young and Divine. Okay. I feel like this is Jess's favorite like, song. Like, honestly, this, you know those things where, like, every now and then you'll see, like, a meme mm-hmm. of something from, like, our childhood, uh-huh. and it was, like, this made me go into, like, the depths of, like, the black hole yeah. in my mind, because it's, like, you forgot about it, yeah. but then you see it. That's how I feel about this song. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I totally, totally, totally forgot about it. Almost didn't know what it was mm-hmm. when I saw the, the song title, like, Shake That Bubble Sounded Familiar yeah. to Me, and then I heard it, and I was like, oh, my God, this was my shit. Yeah. But, like, it's absolutely disgusting. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. I tried to show it to him, and he's like, absolutely not. He wouldn't even listen to the first two seconds of it. He's like, first of all, I'm not listening to a song called Shake That Bubble. <laughs> Second of all, no. Like, once he just yeah. heard that, it's literally, like, scene, fucking electro pop, techno. Like, it's just... A full-blown nightmare. I don't remember this song at and all. It goes, fly, senorita, like a fun hot tonight. Shake that bubble. It's horrible. It's horrible. Shake that bubble. Don't tell me to shake that bubble unless you're fucking ludicrous. Yeah. I don't want anyone talking about my bubble. Except Who ludicrous. do they think they are? Young and divine. What are you, a one-hit wonder and your one-hit wonder shake that bubble? I'd be embarrassed. <laughs> That's it for Wait. me. Oh. That's it for me, guys. <laughs> On to the last track. Really? That was Release Me by Agnes, a.k.a. the greatest song of all time. So Agnes is a Swedish singer, and it was taken from her third album, Dance Love Pop. It was written by Agnes herself, Anders Hansen, and Sharon Vaughn. Um, so Release Me was a top 10 hit in Sweden and charted in Belgium, Denmark, Ireland, the Netherlands, and United Kingdom. And it's Agnes's biggest hit worldwide to date. Um, so the song actually didn't hit the Billboard Hot 100, but it actually peaked at number one on the Billboard, um, dance club charts. So it is Agnes's first number one in America, technically, in one of those charts. Um, so it was actually the first, so that was actually one of the first charts it charted on worldwide along with the Australian dance chart. Um, and it was released in 35 countries around the world. I really love the song. I was surprised that this song wasn't like so much bigger in America because it's so good. Yeah, I, so I literally thought this song, like whenever I listen to like my 90s house music yeah. playlist that yeah. I sometimes get into, I thought this song was like from back in the day. Yeah. Like I had absolutely no idea it came out in 2010 yeah. or 9 whenever well it has that sound like that Robin S sound you yeah know? like yeah. I literally just like always I don't know yeah. I always put this in that category same it's so good though yeah it's so fucking good I love the song so much like it's a contender for like my favorite of the album I wish Agnes I wish we had more of Agnes me too I really like her so that's a wrap was that like the fastest episode we've ever done it was under an hour yeah, I feel like we literally flew through it. Thank God. Just kidding, guys. 
What was your favorite? It was Fearless. I'm sorry for the other song, but Fearless is like actually one of my favorite songs of all time. So I have to pick Fearless. Uh, um, according to Music, it was, it was a runner-up. Release Me by Agnes is a runner-up. Bad Romance, Need You Now. There's a lot of good... This is a really good one. I would say that... I would want to say According to You, because I feel like that's probably yeah. it, but I have to say Bedrock. Yeah. I feel like, it, especially when this album came out, like that's when I was super duper into like rap music mm-hmm. and Young Money and yeah. all that shit, so I feel like I have to say Bedrock. Yeah. But overall, it was a really great album. I mean, like, we're literally getting, like, the biggest songs of all... Not of all time. No, we are, Yeah, best-selling singles yeah. of all time. Like, yeah. I feel like every one, we've had, like, at least a few. Yeah. But I was, I was very like shocked pumpkin. that... It, <laughs> I was very shocked that it only had two number ones. Yeah, I know. Like, I'm very shocked by that. Like, the amount of songs we had and on here... And one of them is Fireflies. I know. The, the songs that we had on here, I feel like half of them should have went number one. And most of them hit number two or number three. We should start saying our favorite, but then also the song we hate the most. For anyone wondering, I hate Fireflies the most. Um, I hate any of those last... Shake that bubble. Last entry songs other than Agnes. Shake the bubble. <laughs> Shark the bubble. Shake that bubble tonight. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, guys. Hope you're happy that we're under an hour. Um, if you're driving along on your morning commute... Well, who has, like, a commute that, that that's that long? I guess nobody would be. If you're driving... My commute to the city on the train is over anywhere. All right, well, if you're driving, Literally. give us a honk. <laughs> Just honk one out for now. That's what I call a Is that a honk I hear? <laughs> like, so we're... Did you stop it? No. Oh. <laughs> Someone's just going to drive past. I remember when I used to drive past the Wolper's house, I used to always honk my horn three times. They'd always know it was me. I'd be like, beep, beep, beep. Every time I drive by, when they lived on uh, uh, Hickory, Hickory, yeah, Hickory Dickory Dock. Every time I drive by to your house, I'm gonna start doing that. Okay. I don't drive past your house very often. Honk four times. Sometimes that's a lot. Mm-hmm.